Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. We have a great show for you today with an amazingly talented guest. Violinist Celine Eskandarian joins the show. Celine is a classically trained violinist and pop vocalist who's been performing for over 20 years, providing beautiful music in every genre to her audience or any type of event. She's been described as a versatile musician who's able to play multiple instruments with great ease and confidence and has opened up for such acts as Nina Sky and E-40, a personal favorite. On today's episode, she chats about her musical beginnings and some of the musical acts that first inspired her, especially some of the 90s R&B artists. Celine also discusses what it's like performing at different types of events and venues and how she gets herself in the right mindset for each performance. Lastly, Celine chats about what it was like learning the ukulele and how adding a new instrument to her repertoire helps her as a violinist and a performer. Really, really fun conversation with Celine. She's incredibly talented. For the longest time, I've loved watching her succeed as a violinist Truly remarkable talent. Upon the completion of today's episode, you'll hear a short sample from one of Celine's performances at a recent event. Thrilled for everyone to meet her, so let's go ahead and bring on violinist, pianist, vocalist, and so much more. Celine Eskandarian, and let's learn. What were your earliest musical experiences, and do you remember your first practices with the violin? Yeah, so um, my first earliest experience with music was actually with the piano. Um, I started taking lessons when I was eight and I actually kind of got kicked out of lessons because the teacher would play, um, something and I would just play by ear. So I never learned how to read music. Um, so after a year of piano, I, um, I stopped doing music lessons. And then what happened was with the violin, I started when I was 11 and the elementary school that I was going to at the time um, had an orchestra. And I don't know why, for some reason, I just wanted to play violin so bad. So um, my parents actually started renting a violin. Uh, we rented to buy and I just learned through the orchestra. I did three years. Um, so I think like fifth, sixth, seventh grade of orchestra. And then I never had a chance to formally take violin lessons. So I just kind of, you know, learned through the orchestra and then just went on my own. But that was like the earliest, um, eight to 11 years old. When was it that you realized, hey, this is something that I'm, I'm actually pretty good at and I might have a career in this? Um, as far as having a career, um, I was probably like 23 when I started actually teaching. Um, and then I was actually singing in a lot of different bands. So, and at the time I wasn't that great at violin, so I wasn't playing 
violin in the bands. I was singing more. But then um, later on in my 30s, I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, make a career out of it by going solo and doing weddings and stuff. So when you were younger, the high school time, when you're, when you're in the orchestra, were there any violinists that you aspired to be or anyone that heavily influenced you? Yes. Mm. Vanessa May. Um, she is, or she was a kind of like a techno violinist. So she would mix classical music and techno together. And at the time, of course, we had CDs. We didn't really have MP3 players in the 90s. So um, I bought every single one of her CDs. And she was so good that I couldn't play along with her, but I would definitely try. But definitely Vanessa May for violin was a huge inspiration for me. Um, for piano, it was Yanni. I loved Yanni. I learned how to play all his songs by ear in high school because I was so obsessed with him. <laughs> and then um, as far as singing, um, definitely Lauren Hill, Whitney Houston, and Mariah Carey at the time. Now, I know a lot of what you do now blends classical with pop music. So you mentioned Lauren Hill, you mentioned Whitney. Who were some of the other pop influences at the time? In your profession, you have to know a lot of pop songs. Yeah, it, and it was, um, as far as like pop, I was heavily into R&B. 90s were, were key for R&B. Yeah, yeah, and I just loved the way they would use their voices, and I would just copy that. Like, Brandy was a huge inspiration when I was young. Um, one of the first inspirations I had besides Lauryn Hill, and um, like people like Tony Braxton, um, Babyface, um, a lot of like other neo soul singers too, like Erica Badu and Jill Scott. So um, just only because I loved that style so much, and I just thought how talented they were to be able to play around with their notes the way they did. And I just wanted to be like them. I wanted to sing like them, and they were very inspiring. Got me reminiscent of SWV and In Vogue and 112. Oh, yes. <laughs> Boys to men, even they're just so talented. I mean, they were on top of everyone else as far as like you know vocals go. The way they sang, it was just so difficult and so beautiful at the same time, and so perfect. It amazes me that R&B groups were so big in the '90s, and now they don't exist. There's no new, younger R&B group. It's so bizarre. It's like can't explain it, but yes, I'm the definitely style, vibing with all that. Yeah, the the style definitely isn't popular, but singers still do a lot of like the different runs with their notes, which I love. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the style isn't that popular anymore. It's so bizarre because I still love it. I'll still throw on 112 too. So. 112, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you perform at a, at a wide variety of events and venues. Mm -hmm. Because of the diversity, I think there's a little bit of lack of consistency that a lot of performers need and want. So for you, with so much uncertainty uh, as far as the type of place you're performing at, how do you get in the right mindset for a performance? Like what, when I get into the right mindset or, you know, how I do it is um, just being organized. Like for sure that day, I'm not going to have anything else going on. And then um, I just, I definitely check out the venue first and see like what kind of vibe I think it's going to have and because when you get to a venue or a wedding like during cocktail hour or whatever um it's you know it's going to be different so i have a variety of of music like you know what you feel like the people are going to be into 
and then on the spot you have to just figure out do they want like are they more lively do they want party music or are they more chill do they want classical so you just kind of have to be on your toes and like on that day read what you know notes you have written down as you know as far as like talking to the bride or groom so kind of like that as far as getting into the mindset is just staying organized and knowing you know that anything you can walk into anything and to just musically be prepared for it does your approach change at all if it's classical or pop um no the only thing that's gonna change is just like what i play or sing um so i just i just have to you know feel out the vibe and um but everything else just kind of stays the same every you know it, it's all the same yeah I know it's often a relationship with the crowd as you're performing and there probably gets to yeah. a point where where you give them a little bit what they want and they and then you can maybe play what you want with that so that being said once you have a crowd and once you feel that relationship what are some of the go-to songs that just just can't miss they always hit so some of the go-to songs um i would say like i do a lot of nora jones um because she's not like her stuff isn't like super slow and it's not like super upbeat. So it's perfect for cocktail hour. It's pretty chill. Um, and a lot of it, like um, a lot of R&B stuff too. So it's a little bit upbeat, but it's not like super slow. Um, so, I mean, as far as songs, um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of songs on the top of my head, but I can tell you styles like, Nora Jones and <laughs> yeah it seems as if uh, the weddings I've been to and events I've been to and even when I'm reading or something I put on violin covers of songs that weren't done by a violin initially yes. but a cover seems like that's pretty popular yeah and I do that a lot like on YouTube because a bride will say something like um, can you play Metallica like something by Metallica and which usually wouldn't be covered by the violin but then you go on YouTube and you type it in and you do, okay, acoustic version of Metallica's, I don't know, um, that one of their, like. Wherever I May Roam, yeah. Yeah, that one. And um, you'll find like a acoustic, like a beautiful acoustic version. I'm like, oh my gosh, like they can actually walk down the aisle to that. And <laughs> it's just amazing. Like you can find any song, a slow version of it, medium version, or the actual like karaoke track of it so it's it's amazing you play one of those covers feels like the crowd might not know it right away they're, they're like i know this song but i can't quite place it so do you ever watch faces to see reactions of when they actually have that light bulb moment oh yeah i've <laughs> played, i've played some crazy stuff like like uh back that ass up mm -hmm. well that actually <laughs> makes sense that strings the starts yeah yeah so like i'll play that and they're like oh my gosh is she actually like really playing that on the violin. <laughs> yeah. I love your diverse taste in music and your diverse ability in music. And one thing that you also do is you also play the ukulele. Now I'm curious, when did you add that instrument to your repertoire? And, and then the second part of that question is, did learning an additional instrument, has that helped you with the violin? Um, yeah, so ukulele I started, um, I just picked it up in 2017 because it's really an, an easy instrument to learn. And um, as far as like, other instruments with violin it's kind of the other way around playing the violin has helped me pick up a bunch of other instruments because i feel like 
compared to the other ones, violin is so difficult. Mm -hmm. So if you know violin, it's like, you know, you can pretty much easily pick up different things, especially string instruments. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Now, music has taken you all around the world to many concert halls and stages. Thus far, which of the locations and performances that make you most proud? Um, there, there isn't like a, well, I would say um, when I was in the military, I did go overseas to Kosovo, and I did play the violin um, Star Spangled Banner for the general that was um, in charge of everything. So I would say probably something like that I would be proud of, um, especially playing like the national anthem. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's just, it's so emotional when you get to play it. It's such an honor. And um, I would say any time or anywhere that I have been able to play the national anthem or sing the national anthem, I've, you know, it's been a proud moment for me. So I, I just think of that, like going overseas and being able to do that. Yeah. Well, a moment that makes me proud even hearing about was you opened for E40. I, I got to know more about that. So what was that like? <laughs> it was interesting. Um, so I was... I was so young, I was like 25, and um, there was a record label that was trying to sign the group that I was in, and I was in a rap group, and I was um, singing their hooks or choruses and playing hip-hop violin with the group, and E-40 had came to town, and we had opened up for them, and it was interesting because at first, um, I had a single on the radio, and at first, when I was on stage singing, the entire crowd was booing me because they were just waiting for E40 oh, to come oh. on and they're like, who is this girl yeah. singing? Not like, what they came for, yeah. Yeah, so the boos got so loud that I couldn't even hear myself sing, but then I just kept going and everybody was like, oh my God, she's, <laughs> she's still singing. <laughs> so I, I finished out my song and I sang and then they came out and I, we never met them or anything, but um, that was the experience. <laughs> well, what did what, that teach you or what did you learn from, from being booed? Because I know that's got to be just an unforgettable moment. You know, it, it's weird because I wasn't like embarrassed or anything. I was, I was just like, I'm just going to finish out my song and like walk off stage. And one thing I learned from that is like, who cares? Yeah. Like, let them boo you. Like, there you know it's not going to do anything and just keep singing and keep doing what you're you're supposed to be doing on that stage and if they boo you oh well and at that moment i was just thinking i'm just going to finish my song like i'm i'm supposed to be here this is my job i'm not going to walk off like who cares <laughs> yeah what's an average practice day or practice session like for you um usually i every day i practice like Two to three hours a day, I'm either um, playing my violin or singing. But um, yeah, every day, like two, three hours a day, definitely with violin. I practice all the songs that I'm supposed to be doing for the weddings. Um, I have like five to eight weddings a month on average, except for the summer times. So it gets to be crazy busy and, um, you know, just learning, practicing the songs. When the bride walks down the aisle, it has to be perfect so um practicing that practicing some of the classical stuff that i want to be able to do and um singing when i can when my allergies aren't killing me 
Is that the hardest part? You mentioned it has to be perfect. And I know weddings I've been to, there's a, there's a, it's like a higher stress level compared to a normal event. Everybody wants things perfect. And, yeah. and if you don't get it perfect, you might not hear from, from the bride, but you're going to hear from, from the bride's parents, <laughs> the bride's in-laws, you're going to hear from everybody else. So is that the hardest part? It's not. And I'll tell you why, because <laughs> most of the time they don't know when you, when you mess up, you do. Um, so when like violinists have gotten so good, like if we're doing weddings, we have gotten so good that if we mess up, no one's going to be able to tell, like with every musician, as long as you stay on rhythm, you're good. Even if you hit a, a wrong note. Um, so it's very rare that I even really worry about messing up. It is high stress because you're thinking, okay, what if my, what if a string pops, which is rare, but it could happen. Like what if a string pops or the, you know, my iPad crashes, which happened once because of the heat. Um, so stuff like that in the middle of the bride walking down the aisle. But as far as like musically, like, you know, am I going to nail it? This and that, um, we practice enough and we have enough experience to not really stress about that part. And people typically don't know when you really mess up. Who would have thought all these years later from when you first started playing violin that you'd have a musical career most of your life. That being said, what are you most proud of about your career? I'm most proud of just like doing it on my own. Um, I had no idea what I was doing out of nowhere. I was just like, let me let me try a wedding and like you know figuring out what equipment i need you know what piece systems what speakers what violins um i'm just proud of like just really taking that step and just doing it on my own and and just saying hey you know if if you mess up you mess up who cares but just trying so i feel like i'm just you know proud of doing that and and being independent about it How'd you handle all the emotional ups and downs of the last 18 months of probably not being able to perform as often and having events being mm -hmm. canceled and having so much uncertainty as far as the future goes of when, where, if? Yeah, um, just taking it one day at a time and just knowing that there's no situation that's permanent and, you know, just clinging on to that hope. And when the pandemic started, I had... 17 weddings scheduled I think in three months that had moved so you know and everybody was on the same boat my brides were calling me grooms were calling me crying um so we were all just very like we were just all in the same boat and taking it a, a one step at a time the situation's not permanent and just you know having hope that it's going to change and things are going to get back to normal and now you know the weddings are just crazy coming you know in every direction for us vendors so and i knew that would happen so with a life spent in music and when you're working in music even though you love the songs you also need a break at times so when you're finished with a show you're finished with an event and you get in the car is there music if there is who who is it who you're listening to? because i'm sure it's not what you've just been playing you wanted something different Oh, I karaoke to Whitney Houston. <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the car and I'm just listening to Whitney Houston and just karaoke to her, Mariah Carey, like all the stuff that I don't get to do at these gigs. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. And 
your top Whitney song is what? Um, to karaoke, definitely saving all my love for you. That's my favorite. Um, but I listen to all of her songs in my car. I just, I love her so much. Who was the first concert you ever attended? Um, first concert actually was Mariah Carey. And it was actually, um, when I was in the military, luckily, oh my gosh, I was so lucky she came to to visit because there were a lot of artists coming to um, perform when we're overseas and she was the one artist and I couldn't believe it because I had been such a huge fan of hers since I was a kid. It was, I was so lucky and um, I got to meet her. She signed her name on a picture for me. This was back in 2001 and um, it was just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you know, I'm the biggest Mariah fan, and that was the first concert. <laughs> Love it. Aside from weddings, any other events that we should be aware of? A lot of it's just, you know, just weddings, nothing, nothing public. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of corporate events. Um, as far as, like, public stuff goes, I'm hoping to do, like, a Instagram, like a little Instagram show, live show. Um, but other than that, just a lot of weddings and corporate events and... I do birthday parties, baby showers, wedding showers, stuff like that. You name it, right? You name it. So how can people follow along? Uh, can you mention your Instagram and any other way they can follow you? Yeah, so my main um, social media is Instagram, um, esco underscore violin. Um, and I do have a Facebook page, but it's connected to my Instagram. So everything from that goes to my Facebook and I'm not very active on Facebook. So I would just say um, Instagram. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, this is the first podcast I've ever done. So um, I'll forever remember this. And thank you for wanting to know more about me. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on today. No problem. Thank you so much. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much thanks and appreciation to Celine. You can give her a follow on Instagram, esco underscore violin, E-S-K-O underscore violin. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. <laughs>